So everybody, welcome to the Breathe 911 podcast. We got Matt Chenard with us. Matt, uh, probably he would say first and foremost, is uh, lucky to be married to Joe Lisa. They got Duke, uh, who is their dog. Uh, Matt is uh, at one time an aspiring NHL player, we'll say, a high-level hockey player. Let's go with that. And uh, he is the uh, co-host of the Lifestyle Engineer podcast. No, he's the co-host of the Greater Purpose podcast and the host of the Lifestyle Engineer podcast. Matt has been in the CrossFit for the last 10 years, fitness all his life. He is a biohacking coach uh, and a great all-around human. I came across him on Instagram and uh, he's going to fill in the blanks. So how'd I do, Matt? Great. I think the only thing is that everyone, no one gets right the first time is it's Jalisa. Jalisa. Jalisa, besides that, you nailed it. Nice, yeah. nice, nice. Well, welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, thanks for being here. So uh, I wanted to, uh, I, you know what, why don't you give a, an introduction to anything I missed and uh, or anything that you want to share? And then uh, I got a few things I want to chat with you about. Sure. Sure. I mean, yeah, thrilled to be on here, Darren. I'm grateful for this opportunity. And I think you covered it all. And there's some things you said that I was like, oh yeah, that's true. I, I would say Every hockey player aspires to play in the NHL, but I wouldn't say I was super close. I played competitive, um, had the opportunity to get scouted by some higher level teams, but that's about as far as it went. Right on. Awesome. Um, well, so I came across you, my wife. So I'm one of these guys like you, who's a bit, um, I'll say a bit eccentric maybe with our, uh, maybe health, wellness, fitness practices. I like to say eccentric. So, uh, you'll find me in cold tubs where I can find them and lakes where I can find them, all these things. And I came across you and I was just as your Instagram was actually really increasing and you were getting a lot of traction. And uh, the one thing that I really appreciate is because you've, it's been about three years of you posting daily, missing maybe a few here and there, you said, but daily a reel or a story video uh, to Instagram um, on your daily cold plunge reminder. If you guys haven't seen Matt on Instagram, he does your daily cold plunge reminder. That's what you call it, right? Daily cold plunge reminder. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Yep. And um, and I caught it right on the front end, where I just saw the the engagement in the in the views exploding. And what I really, really appreciate because I I struggle with this is being consistent when there isn't that growth. And for you know three years, you were posting these videos of you doing your thing every day. I'm sure it was a way to, uh, I'm guessing if you're anything like me, it may, maybe it was a way to keep you accountable to doing the thing that you were trying to do. And um, yeah, one thing I really wanted you to chat about was just that consistency piece when you're trying to probably grow uh, a business and a, and a channel and things and nothing's happening. Yeah, It seems to be nothing's happening. Yeah. Can you talk yeah. about that a little bit, that, that process and, and that being staying consistent for that long? Yeah, for sure. And I think it all comes down to what I call the anchor method. So basically anchoring yourself to something bigger than the outcome you want. So like you said, I committed to posting every single day on social media. So sometimes it was pictures, actually Instagram about three years was predominantly just pictures, right? carousels, like the sliding effect that got a little more attention. And then just recently, they've really been pushing reels. Um, so just recently, probably in the last year and a half, I started to do more reels. 
I did longer form videos of my cold plunge reminder and going into the consistent piece that like you asked Darren, the question is I committed to doing this because I was always a little tentative and nervous what people would think of my ideas or my thoughts, or I thought that I didn't have anything to add different than other people. But the more I grew and um, started to do different ventures like business ventures or growing myself physically in different areas of life, the more I realized like I might have something to offer. So I committed to that process of posting almost every single day. I probably missed five times in the past three years. I started my account at, I think I started posting every single day at 340 followers. Um, and so three years later, I think it was just before Christmas, I gained from that day, I would have 10X, right? But it's oh, yeah. not like a 10Xing over those three years. It was a 10Xing in one week. So it's this overnight success. But it took me that three-year time span to get better at creating content, to get better at formulating my words, to get better and more confident in doing these things. But that's also not to say that there was days where I wanted to just stop because was, I started to feel silly sometimes and saying, well, no one's probably watching this, but then I anchored myself back to why I was doing it. And if it's just for that one person. Um, so that's what I really push people into finding is this anchor, this purpose behind why they're doing anything in life. I think a lot of successful people are just not necessarily more strong-willed or more mentally or physically resilient. They just are more rooted to their why than anyone else. When you say you uh, committed to that, because that has a different meaning for a lot of people and a different maybe tactical way of going about that. Did you write it down? Did you tell somebody? Like, were your commitment level... I know you had a big why behind it, um, practically and tactically. How did you commit to that? Because like, I mean, for me, just thinking about it, saying like I'm committing to this. I mean, I've done that with hundreds of things, and it had some some of them yes, some of them no. What was your process like to commit to that posting? And was there an end date on that? Did you set a time to that? Or yeah, good question. I verbally committed to a few people close to me, um, specifically my wife. Cause I, at the time I would write a post for Instagram as an example, I'd find the perfect picture. I would write what I thought was the perfect copy or the caption. Then I'd send it to my wife to proofread it. So this whole process would take me two to three days. And then sometimes I didn't even post it. So more, I was just getting fed up with the process and this mindset of it having to be perfect. So initially when I started this, um, to answer your question more clearly, I committed to myself and to my wife. But initially when I started this, I would get anxious when I posted something and thinking like, what if something I said isn't right? What if I misspelled something? What if the grammar is off? But with this consistency, I start to care less and less. And it's a good thing because, <laughs> which I didn't, when you go viral, a lot of people start commenting on your posts to just want to stir things up. So it's a good thing I built this resistance or resiliency. Right. Yeah. I think it's Joe Rogan that says like, just turn your, I mean, you got, you want to respond and engage with your community, yes. but like just turn your comments off. Right. Like just scroll, <laughs> yeah. scroll right by it. Because in, yeah. in, in, in reality, if that person has time to comment on 
what you're doing and what they think about, they're not doing their own thing, right? They're just right. right? So good for you. Correct. Good for you. That's yeah, that's hard. Um, a couple things that I came across. I I listened to your your solo podcast. Awesome. Yeah, and uh, a couple things that stuck out to me. A couple words that you used was one: seek discomfort, which is I think in this whole cold exposure arena. Two was combating fear, which you just kind of touched on that fear of putting yourself out there, that fear of what, what will people I don't even know think? Um, I thought you had a really, I mean, the third one, the fourth one is consistency, which we've touched on, but um, you'd had a story about when you started CrossFit, which has been a bit of a journey for you um, in your first CrossFit workout in the ego component of that. Yeah. And uh, I don't know if you want to tell the story here or not uh, about your first workout, but uh, I don't, I was wondering if you could maybe, jump into how how you keep your ego in check or how you think about um approaching things because as you do things more in public and more coaching you know your the your ego is going to creep in and you're going to think of yourself more than you think of others at times or at least i am prone to that so yeah just yeah. maybe chat on that on that uh, that crossfit story and yeah i'll tie that all together so i started crossfit was it 2011 I think I did my first workout 2011 or 2012. And I went on cross the main site for those that don't know, CrossFit has continually put a workout on cross the main site every single day for free, which you can do and you can comment. And I don't remember all the movements. I remember one movement from this workout. It was overhead squats and there's a guy's weights and a lady's weight on each workout prescribed RX. So if you're doing an RX, which I didn't know at the time, um, even if I did know at the time, I probably would have still tried it's like the RX weight. So the top of the top would be using this weight. So I tried the ladies weight, the RX ladies weight, and I've never done overhead squats before. And I, like I, I could walk, but it was very difficult. Like I was hurting so much for the next two weeks. Like I was significantly humbled. And I think a lot of early adopters of CrossFit would say, is it, it, uh, piqued their curiosity, right? It kept them coming back. Now I own a CrossFit gym and I make sure that people don't have that same experience because I don't want them to have the same story about my gym, but I was doing it on my own. But in terms of humility and the ego, yeah, that, that definitely humbled me. Um, but the more I've grown, the more I pursue things, the more I realize it's important to keep your ego in check just having a practice ground for that. So whether that's people around you that you can be honest with and that who can be honest with you. Um, so that's one way. Cause I think there's a lot of people being nice, right? So you, you're being of this false, nice, meaning that you're never going to call someone out on something, but I want to surround myself with people, even if I don't receive it super well all the time, that can be honest with me and say, Hey, maybe, maybe your head's getting a little inflated. Um, and I, I am very aware of that, but I've also been someone that believe it or not, cause it, it seems silly to say this, but that I don't really like the spotlight and I have never really liked the spotlight. I don't like people watching me or seeing me or seeing what I'm doing, which again, doesn't make sense. It seems counterintuitive to what I'm posting every single day. Right. And that's kind of the reason why I started posting that. Um, and another big way that I stay humble is that 
Sometimes I share the, share the squat rack with my wife at the gym. So she can, at times, depending on feeling squat, the same amount of weight as me. So I'm like, it really doesn't matter. And the more I'm able to just enjoy these things for what they are and not try to be anything to prove anything to other people, the less anxiety you have around them too. Right. And the more you can enjoy them. Right. And I think we both come from, uh, the Christian faith background. Um, well, I know, I know we do listen to your podcast. Mm -hmm. Uh, would, uh, would you say that your faith plays any role in that? Yeah, hundred percent. I know there's a Christian clothing company called humble daily. And I can't remember what verse they use. And I had a shirt. I don't know where it is. I really liked the shirt, but it's the whole brand name is humble daily. And I like that. And it's part of that. One of the values I try to live into, and especially with my faith and knowing that no one is more, no more or than anyone else right at the foot of the cross, meaning like we all fall short and we're all short of perfection and knowing that. And I think I said that on a podcast too. It's like this realization of how far I fall from being perfect that actually enables me and motivates me to try to be better, but not in like this guilting way, not in this egotistical way, but more like a humbled, like I want to pursue excellence in every single thing I do. And I want to be, try to be humble about it, knowing that none of this is mine to keep or to prove or to say that I've created it all. Right. It's just an opportunity I have. Totally. And that perfection piece. Um, I'm a part of a, a some men's group, Tim Kennedy and Matt Boudreaux. I don't know if you've heard, heard of either of those Tim guys, Kennedy. but Tim yeah. Kennedy's an MMA uh, army guy. Okay. Uh, and then Matt Boudreaux is his business partner. And they have, they basically have started schools, alternative schools um, down the States and they have uh, a young man's program. And then they have a program kind of for dads and, and other and older young men that they've just launched. And, and his, one of the things that he said is in that perfection vein is we will never reach perfection, but that doesn't mean we don't strive for it from a, a position of pursuing excellence without, without the ego attached to it though. Right. Because yeah. the, the, the victory and like, nobody's going to remember. I, I find it very funny. Right. I mean, this gets a little bit, I don't know, self-defeating, but like, I don't know my great, great grandparents' names. Right. Right. Like, we think that we are we have we are very important because we do podcasts and we are online and everyone's on TikTok and Instagram and everyone's out there and it's like yeah but that it'll be gone one day it will all be gone yep. right so it's that it's that it's that it's not it's not important and it is very important to pursue excellence it's 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 both right so yep. yeah it's a bit of a tangent there i wanted to ask you about your daily cold practice so one thing I wanted to find out, because I know what it is for me, and I'd be interested if it's uh, similar for you, is it, because you could, like, Huberman and, what is it, uh, Soberg and all these, you know, experts and doctors and all these scientists and researchers in these fields are like, there's so much physical benefit from it. I don't disagree. Would you say you practice it, if you had to pick, do you practice it for the physical benefits or the mental benefits? I would say mental. Yeah. 
Absolutely. It's so I actually, so during the pandemic, cause I own a, a gym and I right. mentioned that my podcast too is when I most heavily leaned on getting uncomfortable, right? Like defeating this thing that I don't want to do. Like, I, I really don't want to do it. Like I spent an, 30 minutes this morning procrastinating on doing it because I really don't want to do it. And you have to set up a camera too, right? Like it's another process for you too, right? It's not yeah. just like, I'll just get in and nobody will know if I do 10 seconds or two minutes, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and that's part of the reason I right. record it too. It keeps me accountable to that. Um, but yeah, the mental side of it, whether it's defeating this resistance that I continue to battle against every single time, like continuing pushing momentum, continuing something hard that I'm going to know is going to be, um, overlapping in other parts of my life or whether it's actually like the dopamine response and the clarity and the energy and the peace I actually feel in it too. Right. There's so many mental benefits. Um, and a lot of the physical benefits, I don't really know if I, right. Like I I'm less sore. I know that. But the other stuff, it's it's harder to see in the uh, short term or the cute. Right. I would even say that the from my experience, and I would agree with you one hundred percent. So we run, we've just started running once a week. We do uh, with first responders in the area. We do uh, like a breathwork session, and then we do uh, community cold plunge, which is amazing. Like it's so much more fun to do with people, right? And uh, that's what I say. I'm like, you can go and like, you'll probably feel better after the, your dopamine will probably be increased. Sometimes I notice it. Sometimes I don't. Um, but I'm, I'm like you, especially if you do more than one round, like, you will not want to do it. And once you're in there, you will, you will fight it and you can't fight it. And if you continue to fight it, it will just continue to, it's, it's going to suck no matter what. But I say, yeah. I, I mean, the physical benefits, if it didn't have any physical benefits and it was only the mental game, that's, I would still do it because that's the reason why I do it. And I think a lot of people get in this, like, it's kind of a, a fad thing right now. Like it's all over the place. Right. And yeah. so I think people are like, Oh, it's going to, it's going to make me lose weight and it's going to make me healthier and I'm going to be happier. And, and, and like, these things are true to a, a point, but I mean, one of the, one of the things that you talked about is, um, consistency plus resistance equals persistence, right? That's one of your things in your anchor of true alpha method, right? And I think it's that resistance of my brain's telling me to do something and I don't want to do it. It's like, how quickly can I jump? Like, am I going to procrastinate 30 minutes? Like a, a better win is to, is to do it when, right? So it's, yeah. it's that, it's that mental game that I, but I was just, I was interested in your take on, on why you do. I think most people that do it fairly consistent, they would, would probably say the same thing. Yeah. It almost starts to, I think a lot of these habits that we adopt in life, it starts to form our identity, right? Like I don't ever want to have this, like I would be in some people's eyes, a cold plunger, right? Like a cold tubber or whatever else, like they identify me as that. And the more I can have good attributes associated with who I am, the better. And I think those attributes start to become more concrete in your life when you go through some sort of trial that there's resistance. So as an example, um, I always kind of thought like this, like, okay, if I want to be more patient, a more patient husband, a more patient leader, I pray for that. But what if it's also about 
there being opportunities to become more patient, right? So when you enter into these opportunities to become more patient, you have this mindset. What are you, what mindset are you going into it with? And how are you coming out on the other side of that by practicing? So when I do these, like the consistency plus resistance equals persistence is you're doing the things, even if it doesn't feel like some, someone you are, meaning you're going to the gym, even if you don't feel like you're a gym member or you're a gym goer, but you're going to the gym, you're making those deposits, you're creating that habit in your life. Then when you meet that resistance, but you overcome that resistance, that's when you become persistent in that. It, it, you like adopt that attribute and that quality in your life, right? It's something that you don't really have to wrestle over as much. I still have to wrestle to get in the ice tub, but I know I'm going to do it. It's not like I'm going to stop doing it forever. I might miss a day here and there, but it's a part of who I am now. Right. And that's, I'm just reading, going through uh, James Clear's Atomic Habits and, and he talks about, you know, the habit loop, but as opposed to trying to change the behavior and the habit, you try and change the identity associated that you will do that habit. And that's kind of sounds like kind of some yep. of the same stuff that you're talking about. Um, yeah. All right, real quick. I want to keep respect your time and uh, keep these uh, my, my podcasts aren't that long yet. So, and I don't know Those that they ever short will be. snippets, short snippets. I want to keep it uh, full of jam packed, full of good stuff. So I'd love to give you a chance to um, talk about uh, your true alpha coaching and sure. what that's all about. And uh, yeah, let people know where you, what you do in that and where they can find you uh, if they want to check it out. Awesome. Thanks, Darren. I appreciate that. So yeah, currently, so I have one-on-one coaching and group coaching and I do coach both men and ladies. My, my pack program, my group men's program is it's going to be just for men, um, the six month program. And I'm releasing that mid-March, but the basis of my true alpha program is to help people, men and ladies become resilient, consistent, and disciplined leaders in all the areas of her life, all the important areas, both professional and personal. And because what I see and the reason it's called true alpha is I want to help people exemplify what a true leader actually is, right? I feel, feel like the alpha word, and I intentionally use that word because there's kind of a stigma to it, right? Like you see, well, alpha is this super jacked, um, someone with all this authority or prestige or money or whatever else. I think it's the opposite. I think it's someone who's so strongly rooted in who they've been designed to be and their principles, core values, their vision and mission that they stay true to that regardless of the external circumstances. That's, that's true courage, right? So whenever you're faced with difficulty, you know that exactly who you are, what your mission is, and how you want to, and what legacy you want to leave for however long that lasts, right? It might last a generation or two. We're not going to be remembered forever, but you're still going to be remembered in the moment and you're still going to have opportunity to impact people. And when you impact people, they might shift their trajectory. And then that's how you have a legacy is by changing people's trajectory one person at a time. So that's my coaching program. I also am going to be coaching business um, people as well. So I'm helping them create their vision and purpose and create their culture to increase profit, increase uh, retention of members or customers and staff. So that's another thing I'm looking to do. Um, that'll probably be under the purpose shift, but those are my main coaching programs right now. 
Awesome. Awesome. Thank you. Yeah. And I mean, Matt, it speaks for itself. Uh, you know, 900, probably a thousand, close to a thousand days of getting in a cold tub every day. Yeah. And, and that's, and that's what drew me to you was your consistency, someone's ability to be consistent for that long, whether someone's watching or not. Uh, that's what kind of drew me to you. And I was like, I, that guy's got something that I think uh, he's got something that I know he has something to offer and something that uh, I've gleaned a lot of uh, not just motivation because motivation comes and goes, but that it's like that, that drive of like, okay, he's the, where's the why? Like he's able to do that. How, how, Oh, because there's a big why, right. There's a yeah. big reason behind it. So I, yeah. I like that you're able to convey that. I think, uh, I think everyone got a lot from, from what you shared today. So I appreciate you. Thank you. Uh, thank you so much for your time. Appreciate you, Darren. Thank you so right. much. Take care.